like Dream was kind of letting him know, like, yo, you better cut it out. And like after the game, like I joked with Dream, like, man, you, you about to start a fight with Alonzo? And Dream told me he was 4-0 in his fights. So, <laughs> so he said, I'm 4-0. And I and I'm looking to go five of those. So I was like, okay. <laughs> You're listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so, yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Backs and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow all of us on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno, at Summit Commission, at Summit SOM Pod, and at Apollo NBA and at Apollo HOU. Very special night here tonight. It's a little different you know typically we've been doing a lot of episodes when we've been going through the the apex of the nba season you know covering all the rockets content that we can you know it's been mostly myself and my brother just getting your day-to-day your game-to-game action but we decided to take a detour you know into the time machine get it back into the past a little bit and bring back another guest favorite to the summit the 1994-1995 NBA champion himself, Mr. Chucky Brown. Chucky, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, man, everything's good, man. Everything's well. We're we're excited to have you on again. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a minute for sure. Right. I think what right. the last time we heard from you was like, what? And uh, I think during All-Star Week or All-Star Week. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah, time we heard from ago. you. Yeah, it was a while year. ago. Yeah, man. Right. Beginning of right. the year. So, so Chucky, what what have you been up to? Like, we last time we talked, yeah, it was like February, March. You had a whole Dude. year basically under your belt. So, what what's right. been going on in the land of uh, Mr. Brown? Uh, a lot. Um, doing some coaching now at a Division two uh, school, uh, St. Augustine's University here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Got offered the job in April, and since it was home, I, you know, I decided to take it and. Uh, have a little fun with it. So having a little fun with it, uh, enjoying it. You know, basketball, been around basketball longer than I haven't been around basketball. So uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, that's 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 really it. You know, just, just raising my kids. I got two daughters at the University of Minnesota playing soccer. Uh, and I have one daughter that's a sophomore in high school. So I'm enjoying, you know, watching her play and also coaching uh, these young men that I'm coaching, but yeah, just you know, life is good. Life is good. Well, first of all, congratulations on the job. <laughs> very, very well, very well deserved, and you're close to home. And I'm, I'm sure there's nothing right. better than that, right? You just get you drive. The commute is, it's short, right? Yeah, How far, yeah, is, the I, I How far is the drive? Uh, about 15, 20 minutes. About 15, 20 Man. minutes. Come on. Say, yeah. Come on. They say, they say convenience is key. That is what I call convenience. Right. Yeah, I 15, drive longer. Oh, yeah. I love I, it. I say I stay home. I get to stay home. Basically, so, man. You know, so, so yeah, that's that's very convenient. So, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that. <laughs> 
very very different from before right when you used to be an nba player traveling city to city now your commute's only 15 minutes away from home huh <laughs> 15 minutes yep i can't beat it can't beat it can't beat it no you really can't you can't beat it he speaks the truth okay chucky you mentioned something very interesting in our last episode and you did mention that you were part of the retired players association i know that you had talked about that you are a board member of that last episode you know we really wanted to get like the totality of your whole career now you're back mm-hmm. for one more round with us and i want to kind of go into depth now i'm kind of like you're the okay. retired players association i know you kind of you kind of dabbled on it a little bit but we didn't get right. to really go in depth on it so can you explain to the to the fans of of nba and i think it'd be good for fans of the nba to kind of get to know who y'all are and what y'all represent and kind of like what y'all do so can you explain to the people that don't know what the retired players association is okay yeah the retired players association is just that you know a group of retired players um have some uh we have a board uh dave cowens is our chair johnny davis um you know we have sam perkins as our treasurer um we have quite a few other we, other people. We have Cheryl Swoops as a member. She's WNBA, so we have yes. WNBA. Uh, 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 Chu, uh, Chu, what's Chu Smith? I think his last name is Smith. Uh, he's a Harlem Globetrotter. He's also a board member. Uh, but you know, we look at different things and have different programs for retired players to try to help them. Uh, you know, after the game, after you after you get done playing. You know, they have, they, you know, we have like a, uh, a, a Dave DeBusher scholarship is one uh, that a lot of people use. If you have kids that are going to college, you can help get some books and stuff like that. But there are other programs, many other programs that I can't think of off the top of my head. But we have many different programs. And, um, you know, that's you try to just trying to help the help the former players um, you know, just adjust to life after basketball. Because, you know, not for everybody, it's not that easy you know, to, to adjust to life after basketball. And I think a lot of people that. don't understand that, but, you know, we do. Um, but, yeah, it's, a, it's just a group of guys, man, just trying to um, help make the, you know, help help players, you know, make the best decisions after basketball. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, you love to hear it, you know, especially guys that have lived it. You kind of understand in terms of yeah. trying to push forward with, uh, you know, the re- after retirement. You know, what are we going to do? And, you know, you've heard a lot of players say, like, that basketball is basically who they are. And basically right. what you're trying to do is trying to mold them and help them move forward in finding their own way if they haven't had it. I think it's a wonderful yeah. thing to hear, man. And, I mean, look at you. You're a head coach at University of St. Augustine's. I think yeah. that's pretty dope. Uh, I mean, I didn't – I did you do coaching beforehand at all? Or yeah, 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 I, yeah. I coached, okay. Uh, I, I don't remember. I was, I was coaching oh yes, yes, I, I, I remember you said about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the D League when the D League basically first started before it became the G League now. But um, oh man, I tell the people yeah, we, they don't remember yeah, the. There you go. People don't remember the D League. Yeah, I was part of one of the guinea pigs that the testers the, to do the test run. Now they got it right now. So. <laughs> what year? What year was that? What year was that, Chucky? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was like oh, had to be like I see. I graduated college in like oh three oh four, so mm-hmm. it had to be because I was doing mentoring for the G League. So I think it was like started about oh three oh four. I started in the G League. Oh man, or the D League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that in mm-hmm. terms of like how long it had been. I we had um a couple of uh friends that have been in the the G League. One of our friends, mm-hmm. he was in the uh well, he was OBL in the D League when it was still in the yeah D the D League. Yes, at the time. He, okay, okay. He played yeah. for Toronto. Uh, his name is John okay. Jordan. He played 
at uh what is it kenny the university it, of uh i don't I remember forgot. off the top of my head but in, chucky do you know that yeah. the obl trace the trace mcgrady's league he uh, one on the one-on-one league no nah, i don't smart. know anything i don't know i didn't know much about that uh that league but uh toronto was not in the d league when i was there so that tells you <laughs> i was before that so they had got they had got so the, things right really that, yeah yeah not a van ride in toronto you ain't taking we, the we got in that <laughs> <laughs> you're in the basically in the infancy you know it just shows how much growth there is no, in not in the, that. yeah not in the infancy he's a pioneer he was right. in there it. Go. There, right. you go. there you go there you go you blaze the trail, right, man. You blaze the trail. That's right. But he's not a. But he he's not a. He's not a trail. He's not a Portland trailblazer, though. Let's get that. No. Let's not get it twisted. Touche. Touche. Let's not he get has it a twisted. Former teammate that was, but definitely not right. him. But speaking right. of former teammates, um, right. you um, if you've been listening or not listening, but um, on Twitter or in the news cycle, the NBA just renamed all of its awards after former players, notably one. That is a former teammate of yours, possibly the absolute greatest center of all time, the master right. of the dream shake, top 10 yep. in steals and blocks, the only big to accomplish that in his career, Hakeem right. the Dream Olajuwon. So they right. named the Defensive Player of the Year award after him. Uh, how do you feel about that? And um, for you being a part of the Retired Players Association, do you know of anything in terms of the process that it took of getting those awards to happen i did i did not know the process um but i mean the only award like i know they they renamed other ones the only Mm -hmm. one i heard was dreams so all the other guys (laughs) i apologize for not paying attention to you but i heard dreams name and i I was very happy for him but i i did not know the the exact process it kind of came as a surprise to me Uh i wasn't i wasn't in those uh you know, backdoor meetings and all that type of stuff. I wasn't in that stuff. So I don't know the, how the process went. Oh man. But I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that it happened, right. you know, that, and the fact that uh, through Twitter, there was a lot of controversy in terms of Akeem being the guy. Uh, shockingly, we even had someone say that Tim Duncan should have been it, even though he's never won. I kid you not. Chucky, Chucky, it I makes, kid you it, not. it makes no sense to me, man. I mean, Hakeem, when when you put him in line with the greatest defenders of all time, he becomes vastly underrated. I and... no, I need I need I need the man. I need a man who was his teammate, who oh, played God. with him to to let the people know. Like yeah, man. I mean, heard these things about Akeem being underrated, but come on, you're not yeah. gonna get. They're t- they're trying to take that away from him. I mean, I I I love Tim Duncan. I played with Tim Duncan too, but. I think even Tim Duncan uh, agree with Dream being uh, nominated for that award and not him. So those people that um, that have a problem with Dream having that award, I suggest you either go get your temperature checked or you go back and watch some video of what Dream was like and, <laughs> and talk to some of the former players that had to play against him and they could tell you what he was like or, or his teammate like myself. But I tell you, it was no more comfortable feeling than knowing that um, if you got beat on a play, mm-hmm. you knew he was coming. So I, I remember one night, who I can't remember who we were playing, but I remember Vernon got beat. And I heard Vernon yell, I might have been at the top of the key, but I heard Vernon yell, Dream. And Dream went, blocked the shot. Mm-hmm. We start the fast break. So there was, I mean, I did, there's no uh, like center that I would take before him 
Um, <laughs> you know, and, and just knowing him behind the scenes, you know, what a what a nice guy he was. Like, I remember our conversations, you know, because he's Muslim. So I remember our conversations, like, going over when his house was being built, you know, going over to his house and having the, the religion uh, talks that we used to have. Wow. Um, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, it was just, and, I, and, and he gave me a, a Quran to read. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I still have the Quran. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, there, there's no better guy. There's no more deserving guy than, than dream in my opinion. Man, yeah. I, I, I can't disagree with you. Yeah. And talking about like how intimidating he was, like, that's the, I, I think that is the thing. And, and when you think of the, and, and this isn't like, there have been thousands of NBA players in the his in in history, in NBA history, and to mm-hmm. be the guy that is named, you know, the Akeem Olajuwon Award, which is for the Defensive Player of the Year, and what mm-hmm. exactly what you had just said, what he represents of knowing that someone like a Vernon, someone like a Clyde, a, yeah. your former teammate Sam Cassell, Kenny Smith, they can get beat, and they're not even sweating, like they're nah, not like, oh crap. It. You know, I let I let go of uh, you know, uh, Ron Ron Harper got in my oh, Ron Harper beat me or Kevin Johnson beat me right. off the dribble. Right. Who's right behind right. me? Who's right behind yep. me? And I think that's a I think your story is kind of like the exact representation of why he kind of earns it, like in in a in a vacuum setting. Why easily? Why he would you know deserve like a like that that moniker of right. deserving that award? What other what other sto- what other stories do you have like in terms of like? the the fear factor i'm just curious like from what you from what you had for personal experience the fear factor of what hakeem mm-hmm. kind of brought to the table well not only was he like a great player but you know a lot of times when you see like some of the great players like they usually had like a mm-hmm. tough guy alongside them like dream had Otis Thorpe for a little while but mm-hmm. the thing about dream is that he actually didn't need like they used to call him the bodyguard you know what I'm saying? Like Patrick Ewan had Oakley. You know, Dream would fight himself. So I remember one night we were playing Miami and uh, it was Alonzo morning. You know, Alonzo was very fit, very physical. Very so they got to, they got to, <laughs> they got to banging a little bit. And uh, I just remember Dream just like giving him one little like elbow, like to the chest, bam. Oh. And like Alonzo, like the physical play just kind of yeah. chilled. And it was like, like Dream was kind of letting him know, like, yo, you better cut it out. And like after the game, like I joked with Dream, like, man, you, you about to start a fight with Alonzo? And Dream told me he was 4 0 in his fights. So, <laughs> so he said, I'm 4 0. And I and I'm looking to go five and those. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so you know, so Dream like he would he would he would handle his own his own fights. Like he was never like mm-hmm. you know at least the time when I was there, it was never a guy that had to jump in front of him. If a guy you know back in them days, it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot of the barking. You know, say a yeah, lot of guys absolutely you know, bark and they wait for everybody to come in between. Now they start tussling trying to get to the guy. It wasn't a whole lot of that, so it it was it was more so, you know, if you wanted to do something, you went ahead and did it. So, um, and you know, if you got ejected, you came back the next day. The fines were in the stiff, so you could get into a little fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yes, so, I yeah, we do so recall. Dream, 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 like I said, Dream handled his own business, man, and that's you know that's what I loved about him too. Like he didn't need nobody to step in front of him, um, you know, to fight for him. But he but he also did that as well as being a great player. So. 
And I think that guys playing against him knew that. So they knew, okay, I, all right, either I'm going to have to play this guy because I don't want to have to fight him. So I'll go ahead and just play the right way tonight. Long you know, as mm-hmm. long as he doesn't, you know, get out of get out of line with me or character, I won't have to attempt to fight him. So mm-hmm. guys knew that that they knew the fight was always on the table. So they they played him a certain way. <laughs> yeah, and no, that's interesting too because that reminds that so that leads to my next question is that you know since you got to since you got to play with him and Chucky like you were a stout defender ah. yourself in your days like. Playing with someone like that, that led that mm-hmm. culture, you were there for the second title run, did like just kind of him being there, that must have empowered you, right? Made you feel like you yourself could, you know, you were already a defensive player going in that make you feel like, you know, right. I can, man, like maybe I'm better than even I thought I was, like just by playing next to Hakeem Olajuwon. Did you feel empowered when you were playing with him on the defensive end especially? Yeah, definitely, because it made me be able to guard a little more aggressive um, you know, yeah. get up in guys a little more because I knew that behind me was Dream. So all I had to do once he came to help me, I had to go help him so that he mm. would keep helping. You know what I'm saying? So that that was our main thing. So like, you know, Sam, Robert, Mario, all of us knew like, yo, big fella come help us. We got to help him because we want him to keep helping. So, I mean, it, it, but it made me feel, you know, more aggressive defensively and I was always known as a defender anyway. So, you know, I could get a little more aggressive knowing that I had such a guy behind me. Like the times when I had to guard Carl Malone, you know, I would talk a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew Dream was behind me. Like, yeah, big fella, you beat me. You beat me. But can you beat that guy coming behind? You know what there I'm saying? you go. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, the guys that, you know, the guys that, you know, that I had to guard that were, you know, top-notch guys. That, yeah. You know, I wasn't on their level, supposedly. Like the guys like, you know, Barkley and them guys. Dream was there to help me, so I knew that, so I could be a little more aggressive. You did play in that era, though, like that's the mm-hmm. maybe one of the toughest eras in NBA history in terms of your position. Charles yeah. Barkley, uh, Charles Barkley, or I'm, I'm like blanking on the rest Kevin, of Kevin Johnson, Garnett was young, Kevin Garnett yeah. was young, Larry Johnson, Carl Malone. yeah, Carl um, Malone, Larry you had, Johnson. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. LJ, Sean, Kemp. Sean yeah, Kemp, Sean like, Kemp was a yeah. big like there yes. was just so many players. David Robinson would he every slide night. to the would he slide to the four every now and then? Sometimes, yeah, okay, sometimes so like David, David Robinson to a degree, yeah. yeah, yeah, David no. Robinson, he was he just wasn't as physical. Um, Timmy, Timmy was was tough, he would be the four a lot of times. You know, you could switch between the two, but. If you had to pick between the two, you probably would rather guard David because David was more of a face-up guy. He wasn't going to back mm-hmm. you down. Timmy would back you down and put you in the basket. So, you know, he, he would probably <laughs> a little more help. Dave, David had a little different skill set out there. He could he was a little quicker and could go by you. That's why a lot of bigs probably didn't like to guard him. But Dream could guard him rather good because Dream could also move. Man. I love to hear it. I mean, this reminds me of 95, man. God, like that, that series. Every time you see like highlights, just kind of just, I don't know how to, how to uh, put it into words, but it's kind of just like, you watch it's like, is this really happening? Like to someone mm-hmm. that is as decorated as a David Robinson. I mean, he's a two-time Olympian, maybe three-time Olympian, two-time NBA champion, you know, number one overall pick, same distinction as Dream. And Dream right. made him look silly. It's yeah. It's just one of those things where it's just kind of like, did that really happen? Like you know, like what right. John Stark said in the in the Reggie Miller documentary. Can you remember or not the the yeah. Knicks Pacers doc? 
Did Love this dude just done did this? <laughs> 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 That's what he said. John Starks. He goes, he got, he got whack, wax him in the elbows him in the throat. Did this dude just done did this? Like, oh my god! Like, was that is that how John Starks when he talks smack like that? Like, because uh, John, John was he yeah. was pretty quiet when I when I played against John. John was pretty quiet, but he you know you know he could he could get it going though. I knew he could. Yeah, facts <laughs> easily. You know, you know what? Chucky, like, who is the most, like, underrated talker? Because everybody understands, like, Gary Payton oh, yeah. was that guy. He was the main antagonizer in the 90s. Uh-huh. MJ would do it because he was because he was, he was, he was the guy, you know. Right. But who was the low-key, like, one that not any – like, not many people that are NBA fans know is, like, someone that, like, legit antagonize others on yeah. the floor? And Chucky, I, don't I say was... don't say Drazen. Don't say Drazen either, because I, oh. I heard he talks. I heard he talks. I already can talk smack in five languages. I would say, I think I think a lot of people. I got two guys, but I think a lot of people knew Larry Bird talked a yeah. little bit. Yeah, he's like very like unassuming and just yeah. like you just right in your face. I think the other guy I would say people didn't know was talking because he wasn't like a guy that. You know, lit pointed and all that. I think Ricky Pierce. Ricky Pierce used to talk a little bit to me. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, no way! Yeah, yeah. Ricky Pierce would talk no way! Too. I mean, and it would be like funny too. Like he was scoring you, he would tell you like, "Oh, you like that one, didn't you?" And he's scoring you again. <laughs> say, "Man, you can't go. You better get some help over here. You y'all better do something." You know? <laughs> so, so Ricky, yeah, Ricky Pierce probably, but Ricky. Ricky talked to you. It was funny though. You know what I'm saying? Be yeah. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just do shut up, dude. He'd be like, "Hey man, look, don't get mad, man. You just stop." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, wow, big pair. I'm gonna get wow. that to Ricky Pierce. I'm gonna get that to Ricky Pierce. I love that. I love that. Because, I mean, you know, everybody that talks trash is kind of like they don't want to attack you. He's not attacking you. He's just kind of just nah. doing it in a humorous manner. It's just yeah. kind of just like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I did nothing yep. wrong. I'm just doing my yeah. job. Yeah, he, he tell you, like, hey, man, you better, y'all better get some help on me. You're going to need some help tonight, buddy. You know what I'm saying? He, he tell you <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah, I think Ricky Pierce was a guy that people didn't know talk uh-huh. trash. But, yeah, Ricky used to talk a little bit. He's talk a little bit, too. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Wow, Ricky Pierce, that was not. Yeah. I did not have that on my bingo card tonight. Oh, did not oh, know yeah. I'd get a Ricky Pierce reference. Here we are. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Um, like going back to Dream, I was okay. just curious to know, like, is there any like, um, games defensively in dedication to him because of the award? Like, is there any games that you remember in particular that you want to shine a moment on that made an impact on you or even like a moment that he had helped you specifically? Um, I, mean, I remember one game. Uh, I don't remember who we played, but it's two games that come to mind. But I remember one game where somebody was backing me down. I think it might have been Antonio McDice might have been trying to back me down. So I was Oh man, McDice right was a monster. Yeah, McDice too. was tough. Yeah. He was so a he monster. Was to back yeah. me down. And I'm holding my ground, you know, giving a little bit here and there, but we couldn't leave the three-point shooter. So mm-hmm. everybody had to stay at home, so I had to handle him one-on-one. And I remember him turning to go for a shot, and this arm was on my shoulder. Like, Dream used my, my shoulder and went up and blocked his shot. Um, I remember <laughs> that back. Yeah, so that was kind of like, well, damn. You know, I'm sitting like, well, damn, you know, he doing it like that. So I remember that game and a game that sticks out, another game that sticks out, for me 
is uh, when we played Utah in the first round, and I believe it was Dream had like 47 and Clyde had like 30-something. And just, you know, just what Dream – like they put everybody on them and nobody could mm-hmm. handle them. Uh, that game, that game sticks out. I forget which game it was, but Dream had like 47. It might have been in Houston. Might have been game three. Might have been game three, yeah, because we had to have it. So I think it was that mm-hmm. game. I think it was game three of that first round. We had to have Utah it. Series. Oh, Utah Series. Oh, against the Jazz, yeah, yes. 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 Yeah. yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, I, so. I remember that because um, they always yeah. talk about that as being the game where it was like Dream and Clyde would not let y'all down. Like it was just yes. not going to yes. happen. Yeah. Yes, that game That game sticks out in the McDice mm-hmm. game when he grabbed my shoulder and went up and blocked that shot. And I was just like, oh, wow. You know, this is this is you know, <laughs> something a little different here because I I played with other shot blockers before but never had that mm-hmm. kind of Dream had that just that uncanny ability of coming from out of nowhere like just yeah. he had that even though he was very athletic it wasn't like gun to um explode out of the building you know right it just right. he would just get up there super quickly and you just it was very unassuming because he wasn't yeah. very like flashy in the sense and. Right. Every time you see him block shots, it's just kind of like, I don't know how to say it. It's just super fluid, very smooth. Right. I don't know right. how you would compare it in terms of like Kenny, like a player that uh, you would see now. Because I don't think any big really No, I mean, Joel, Joel Embiid would be nah. somewhat the closest, but even yeah, then. See? Eh. I think mm-hmm. off- yes, offensively eh. for Embiid, I don't think mm-hmm. defensively Embiid is, is close to Dream. And that's, no, that's, no, that's, no that's definitely not. not. Joel Embiid is just much bigger, like. Yeah. He's more, uh, he weighs more. Yeah. yeah. So he's yeah. a little more, he got a little more girth on his body, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I call it girth, right? <laughs> No, dude, dude, I say the same thing. I, I no, because that's what he says. I, I, I say the same thing. Like, I have a I have a friend, and I told Big him, I was like, when we, when we play basketball, and I'm like, bro, you got girth to you. He's like, you called me fat, bro? And I was just like, no, no. that's not what I mean, man. It's no. so funny. Sh- shout out to him. He's such a good friend of mine. And it, that that conversation, yeah. when you said that word, just made me laugh. I'm like, man, I just remember, I remember right. that exact yeah, exactly. conversation. <laughs> exactly. No, and you're right, though, because, like, there really just is nobody – Right. And I really think Akeem is like he's he's those one and once in a lifetime. Like I don't think yeah. maybe mm-hmm. multiple lifetimes. I have yet yeah. to see someone that can bring the intensity on off, the way that he did on offense to match yeah. the intensity of how he played on defense. When you talk two-way player, I mean, the MVP award was renamed after Michael Jordan, right? So that okay. was the highest of highest accolades. When uh-huh. in 2011 when he when they asked Michael put your put your starting lineup together, at the 5 he picked Akeem. So there, that's there you right. go. There, that's because he's got to understand right. because the Rockets team spanked the Bulls team like that's in right. the early nineties. So you know, yeah. what I mean, like, so just getting to be a part of that and getting to see that, Chucky. I want to ask you. I want to ask you a question too, just in regards to yourself, because I don't think you okay. got to ch- a chance to talk about this in the last episode. But what was your personal best game, like in a Rocket uniform? Like, what was your personal best? Like, what would you equate? It doesn't have to be scoring. Mm. It doesn't have to be your highest scoring game. But what was right. the best game that made you go yeah i'm i'm a you know like i'm not just i'm not just a role player like i'm a part of this right. team <laughs> um, like, let's go i think we played we played uh the mavericks we played dallas one time i think i had like 19 points and 14 rebounds um that game and also when we played we played phoenix in the playoffs uh, I think it was the game where Clyde was sick. 
And oh, game uh, five. I think game I had five, like, yeah. yeah, that was my playoff career high. I think I had like 16 and seven or eight rebounds. And after the game, um, you know, the guys were happy for me. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, I mean, I felt part of the team before that, but mm-hmm. it really made me feel like, you know, special. And then like, I forget the young lady's name, but they interviewed after the and interviewed me after the game and said that I had got player of the game. And I was like, I did? (laughs) I got to find the clip. I'm going to find the clip at some point. I'm going to find it. Find that clip. Find that clip. It was on TNT. I think it was on TNT that night, too. I think it was game five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was Hannah Storm because y'all because y'all were down because y'all were down three one three one yes we came five back in. and Clyde yep. had the flu or food poison or something like that yeah and he he wasn't really feeling it uh, he was getting the IVs before the game and stuff like that and um and I remember sitting in the locker room thinking like yo somebody got to step up why not me I remember saying that to myself why not me Max so Max. I love that so, I love so, that so, so so yeah so that that game I, but I, I I felt a part of the team. Uh, I, I guess I could say, like, from day one when I came in, because I remember coming in and we played Utah the first night uh, that I came in and we blew them out and I got to play a little bit. And then the next night we went to Phoenix and blew them out and got to play a little bit again. I was on my 10-day and just, like, sitting. I remember sitting and Otis Thorpe telling me, um, you know, how to guard Charles Barkley. He's like, this is what you do to guard him. You know, because I asked him, the oldest played him really well. So I was asking, like, yo, how you playing him so good? You know what I'm saying? And he told me what he was doing. So that helped me when we got to the playoffs and guarding him too. So oh, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, just just coming in, everybody made me feel a part of things. I knew I knew Kenny before from college. Um, I knew Vernon before from college as well. And we went to mm-hmm. high school basketball camps together. So, you know, I knew a couple of guys. And then, you know, Sam was an ACC guy, you know, mm-hmm. so he was, you know, mm-hmm. he was talking trash to me because I think Florida State might have beat NC State or whatever. So he was talking trash to me. Of course. Um, and it was, it <laughs> Always. Was just, yeah, that, that's who Sam is, though. And, uh, you know, Mario <laughs> being from New York, we knew some of the same people. So mm-hmm. I felt welcomed right, like, immediately, like, right away. I mean, and that that's just, you know, a tribute to the, the coaching staff for putting a, good, a mm-hmm. group of good guys together. Yeah. I love that, man. And the cool thing about um, you mentioning the whole playing defensive part, um, there's a lot of people on Rocket Twitter that are a bit older than um, Mm -hmm. Kenny and I that bring you up when we talk about the championship teams in terms of defense. And, Mm -hmm. you know, shout out to those guys. Like um, one of our friends of ours, Clutch fans, he speaks so highly of you, um, Chucky. Like people, they'll, 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 they'll be like, you know, um, talking about bigs that could defend him. Like, oh, no, man, don't mess with Chucky Brown. Like, he was the Charles Barkley stopper, you know? And every time I hear it, I'm always like, yeah, that's my dude, man. That's my dude. Right, Give Chucky right. his flowers. There you go. Yeah, Finally. right? Like, I mean, come on now. Like, kids don't know nowadays what it was like to right. defend back then, man. I mean, it was the game was so much more physical. Man's and, game. It was a right. man's game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charles, Charles, when you were guarding him in that playoffs, Charles Barkley was two years out from being an MVP, being in the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. three years out from being in the Olympics, and he was mm-hmm. considered one of the top three, maybe top five players in in the NBA at that point in time. And right. for someone like you who played in the CBA and had to work so hard to get back into the league after being drafted, right. um, it, it it just just to be able to defend someone so well, especially a great like him just shows, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a huge reflection 
on how hardworking you are and what you bring to the table and the reason why Rudy T was like, oh no, we're keeping this guy. You know, we ain't letting this dude <laughs> right. go. You know what right. I mean? And and I think it's it's just a beautiful thing to hear. Cause the thing about Houston, man, like they say clutch city, um, mm-hmm. everything about it is about making buckets, but what people tend to forget is like how good those teams were on the defensive right. end. You know, right. like Vernon, first of all, despite him not finishing the playoffs in 95, was considered one of the top perimeter dudes in the league yeah. at that point in time. Uh, Mario Ellie was considered yeah. a guy that people would, you know, be um, – little he'd be a bit more physical one-on-one mm-hmm. in terms of defending the yep. perimeter robert ori was pretty much like the um prehistoric version which you consider a stretch four even though he wasn't mm-hmm. like, he, he could shoot the ball really well but just the game wasn't like that but he was just right. so athletic in what he did and he his right. weak side defense was elite in my yes. opinion uh yes. in terms yes. of someone totally who is yeah, sneakily athletic, 6'10". Mm-hmm. Um, you know, later on in his career, he wasn't that same guy. But when he was at the Rockets, man, like anytime Hakeem needed help, he was always there too. So like just to think about that, like the turn, like it, it's funny when you say that um, Hakeem gets the Defensive Player of the Year moniker, rightfully so. But the whole team itself, man, when we were winning titles was just basically like a right. top five defense in the league. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I didn't even mention like, Clyde, Sam, Kenny, like those guys, like Sam was considered one that people really were just like, he was, he was a beast on the, on the, what, on the, on the block. So he was someone that you couldn't toy with either. He was a very physical point guard and very physical for his size. So I think it's cool to be a part of that uh, distinction of a team, you know, I love to hear it, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was a great team. Like, like you mentioned those guys, like Mario was like the grit like the gritty guy that we had, you know what I'm saying? Robert was that guy, like you said, he's an elite weak side defender. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we had guys, you know, I mean, Kenny Kenny could keep guys in front of him. You know what I'm saying? So Kenny did, yeah, did the best absolutely. he could as far as, but Kenny could keep guys in front of him. And if Kenny couldn't handle a guy, then Sam would come in. And Sam, you know, was a tough, tougher, you know, you, you look at Sam, wouldn't think he would be that tough. But Sam, Sam was a tough dude. He's a tough dude, man. It's funny because I, I just spoke to him the other day. I just spoke with Sam the other day, man. So, but yeah, Sam, you know, that that team was, like I said, it was put together, you know, a group of good guys, you know, just, um, you know, just working hard together. And, and you know, that, those those memories never go away. And it's funny also because I just got a message from Pete Chilcutt. He just moved to Raleigh. So now Pete Chilcutt and I are going to link up. Yeah, when he get, he's in Sacramento now. So when he gets back here, we're going to link up. So I'm looking forward to that, man. So, I mean, that... That bond is, is like an unbreakable bond right there when you win a championship together. I love it's like a fraternity. That, it's like a fraternity. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah literally yeah. like a championship <laughs> fraternity, a yeah. band of brothers. Like, I just think that that yep. is so dope. Getting, yep. We need to get Pete Chilcutt. He's going to mm-hmm. hang out with Chucky Brown. And we got Sam Cassell calling Chucky Brown. When people say <laughs> that legends never die, this is the old honest truth like swear like that's the awesome thing about like all of this no it's it's really really cool to see (laughs) Uh especially mentioning chili pete man that's a blast from the past man yeah i love that man chili pete people bring him up too man they say like oh he he's like you know he was the underrated version of uh you know just he wasn't matt but he couldn't shoot like that but the man could still shoot pretty well and he was just a great compliment next to dream was i think he was yeah. starting at some point like i think in 95 yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he was he was a starting yeah, four yeah, yeah man until they went to rob but 
Man, Chili Pete, like what I would do for a Pete Chilcut jersey, I ain't gonna lie to you. But I get a jersey. He, he has jer- an affinity jer- jer- jersey for Pete of, Chilcut. of him and jersey of you. Like that'd be perfect. Like I'll, I'll be no, good. No, like, no, I don't no, need no, no, no more no. Rockets jersey. You can have your Chili Pete jersey. I want the Chucky Brown jersey. I am still <laughs> okay, that's, searching. That's fair. That's for fair. A, that's fair. A champion brand. Uh, <laughs> Chucky Brown jersey. I gotta find one at some point. Gotta rock the numbers properly. <laughs> yeah. Oh but, man. Uh, yeah. No, Chucky. So. You know, like we're we're continuing on just talk about like obviously your story and just how you kind of, you know, we we pretty much talked over your story like last episode. So I do on a personal note, I do want to ask you just to just uh, just another question, just because he is one of my favorite players of all time. And we did oh. talk about we did highlight draws in a little bit and how you kind of mm-hmm. like kind of talked about his career. But what is what? Tell if you if you know something that the people would generally not know. What is one thing about Drazen that you got to play with him, be his teammate, you know, work out with him, you know, mm-hmm. do the training camps with him, and play mm-hmm. in season with him? What was like one thing about Drazen that people probably wouldn't know? I don't think people knew how hard he worked, man. Because like I said, I remember one time he had like twisted his knee or something. It was something where he was supposed to be out uh maybe like four or five weeks and i remember coming in the locker room he came to get his train and he was doing these like he had a chair where he was doing like some some knee raises uh, or something on the chair on on the sore knee and i was like man that's kind of early to be doing that but he was supposed to be out like four weeks or a month or two something like that and he ended up being out about a week and just the, the relentless you know, work ethic. I mean, Drazen was 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 you know a quiet guy pretty much until somebody got him started. Um, then he then he would talk a little bit then, but he you know he was just a, he's just a nice dude, man. And I still remember the night when I heard you know what happened when he got into the car. I still remember that you know just as clear as day. I was with Rick Mahorn and James Edwards. We were over in um we were up at Rick Mahorn's camp. No um, and yeah. We went to we went over to Windsor, Canada. We drove over to Windsor, Canada to gamble mm. a little bit. <laughs> and we went over there of and course. I remember back then it was a pager. We had pagers back then. Oh man. And yeah. Rick Mahorn's wife hit him on the pager, nine one one. And as we're driving uh to get out of Windsor, Rick said, Well, I gotta pull over to the payphone and call my wife. So he pulled over to the payphone, he went in the booth, so Buddha, well James Edwards called him Buddha. So Buddha and I were just kind of watch his reaction because you know he said nine one one, so we like, you know, what's going on? And like his reaction, we knew something happened. And then when he got in the car and he said what happened, it was just like, oh man, it was, you know, it was just, it was just, you know, it was very, um, it was, it was a brutal feeling. Um, but you know, Drazen, like I said, was he was one of the best teammates that I had. Um, you know, one of the, one of the more fun guys to play with, one of the more unselfish guys that I've ever played with too. See that, and that's the epitome of everything I heard that Drazen like is as a person yeah. and as a player. Very respectable as like a human being as well, right? Yes, very respectable as a human being. And like I don't know if I told you the story before, but like the the young lady that he was in the car accident with, uh, she was in Orlando. We were in Orlando, myself and um, Chris Dudley. We had just come in from dinner, so yeah. she knew we were on the net, and she like wanted to meet him. So yeah. she gave me the phone number, and then I'm the one that passed it on to him. So, I, I mean, I think about that sometimes, too. But 
I mean, that's, that was it was gonna happen either way. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, and that and that's just kind of the way life is, right? But I mean, yeah. bo- but bottom line, just a, a great teammate, great player, yes. a great yes. person, and a stone cold killer. Kobe yeah, before yeah. Kobe. Kobe, Kobe before Kobe. Kobe. That's that's yeah. the, no, and that's the thing. I and, and and it's funny too because all the greats, like I hear LeBron talk about him to this day. Like, oh, okay, the OGs, like the real Hooper of Hoopers, will know. Mm-hmm. Like Dirk yeah. Nowitzki talked about him. Like we'll yeah. know who draws in. You know, you say draws in Petrovich's name, and people, the real like basketball heads, will will know it and understand it. So that is who I believe who he was. He was Kobe before right. Kobe. He was the one that went toe to toe with Michael and talked yeah. smack. To his face, yes. right? <laughs> yes, right to his face. Yep, yep. He's the so greatest, pl- yep. greatest, the proverbial greatest player of all time. <laughs> that's right, Chucky, that's right. Chucky, let's fast forward over to today. So you know, with the with the midst of the NBA season right now, 2022, 2023, I can't believe we're already going towards twenty twenty three. It's crazy how fast time flies, right? <laughs> but, I know, right? No, seriously. But this this NBA season, have you been able to kind of keep tabs on it? Not even just the Rockets, but just overall, since you are, I know you're a part of the Retired Players Association, but have you right. been able to kind of keep tabs on the NBA season? Do you still watch uh, NBA? I watch when I can. Um, like Christmas Day, I'll be in front of the TV all day. Hell yeah. Watching the yeah. game. So, But I have not, like normally what I'll do is I like to watch religiously after All-Star break is what I like to watch because that's when I think it gets – I mean, not that it's not serious now, but it gets a little more serious then. The games matter a little more because people are trying to jockey mm-hmm. for position. Yeah, and the now, intensity with picks this, up. Yeah, the intensity mm-hmm. picks up. Mm-hmm. And now with this new format, you know, where the 10 seed can get in and all this, so it makes it a the little play more in? interesting. Oh, man. Yeah, so it makes it a little more interesting. I think that the games mean a little more – uh, like I said, not that there's not intensity in, in the beginning, but I think like a lot of times in the beginning, you mm-hmm. if you have a good team against a bad team, you know, the good team, you know, may not bring it as hard until late. Whereas yeah. you 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 play after all-star break, now the good team is gonna bring it early because they want to go ahead and beat these cats down so they can get some rest for the playoff run coming up. So um mm-hmm. you know I, I like to watch it more so after after mm-hmm. the all-star break i love that you mentioned the play-in because when the play-in started everyone's kind of like they're not sure how they felt like i wasn't sure what i felt some people thought it was dumb but to be honest right. with you that's probably some of the best basketball that we see is right. like in the play-in in terms of just entertainment value pure entertainment value like those um lower tier teams that are fighting like it's it gives them an opportunity to get into the playoffs when before it was like once you're the eighth seed if you're like the ninth or tenth seed and you're down a few games it's like oh yeah we're good but the fact that even if you're in if you can get to somehow be that eighth seed you'd get a home home uh home game advantage for a one best Mm -hmm. of one you know and i think that that is just it's it's a wonderful thing. It almost gives you that March Madness type vibe, right? And that's the kind right. of vibe that the NBA is trying to replicate in terms of giving the best uh, of both worlds, correct? Right. You know, because you do get a series, but yet you still get one game playoff that kind of decides whether one team advances or one team goes home. So it's at the best of both worlds. It kind of gives that that whole aspect. I I love that. I really do. I mean, I'm not even a guy that watches uh, college basketball very much, but when March Madness occurs, of course I'm viewing, I want to see, you know, number 15 advance. So basically if the 10 seed is playing the seven seed, 
and they somehow beat the seven seed. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Like it's <laughs> right, a, you right. know they say the ultimate underdog story. You well, just it, love it wasn't it like it. how the the isn't it kind of similar how the Nuggets beat the Sonics in '94? I mean, it's kind of like yeah. that how they shocked sure. them in, in yeah. that setting. Right. So exactly. So Chucky, last last set of questions before we go home here. Question number one. I want to take it back to you one more time. Back to 1995. I don't think we ever got an in-depth explanation from you of how it felt. Let me. I want to set the scene. Game four. Game four, right? Game four of the 1995 NBA Finals. Orlando came in with so much noise. They were, you know, they were the up-and-coming team. They were the ones that were going to knock down the old Rockets. That was that was the. It seemed like that was the driven storyline going into the 1995 Finals. Now. You're up 3-0. You are mm-hmm. going into game four. Mm-hmm. You know, f- finish the job. Get right. it done. Right. When you get to the end of game four and Akeem wets that three, you went over mm-hmm. 15 seconds left in the game. Right. What was the overall feeling, not just from from your teammates, but for yourself mm-hmm. to get to the pinnacle of championship? How was it for you to finally get that moment and get that that moment of gratitude for yourself knowing that you had finally gotten to that place of championships. It was, it was a great feeling because, you know, right after it happened, I realized that a lot of guys don't get this opportunity play a long, a lot of guys play a long career and never get that opportunity to, to get the champagne poured in their eyes and get their eyes burning and all that stuff. So, uh, but I, I knew it was a good, you know, I was I was in a good place after we won game two because mm. I was with a group of guys that had done it before. So, mm. and I could tell that we were going to do it because when we came in the locker room after game two, there was no celebrate. And, I, you know, I'm mm. ready to celebrate. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was no celebrating. So, you know, I'm thinking like, no, these dudes are serious. This ain't, this ain't over. You know what I'm saying? And then I, I remember, <laughs> I remember Kenny saying, yo, Kenny saying, yo, we got to finish the job. And then I, I specifically remember hearing Mario say, we are not coming back to Orlando. And that's oh, what I knew. Oh, he, said, he said it. We are I not love that. Mario I've never said heard that. that before. Mario never said heard that. that. He said, oh, yo, man. Yo we, are, yo, we ain't coming back to Orlando. Get, to, <laughs> get a good look at it now. We done here. That so, is the greatest yeah, Mario yeah, Ellie impression yes. I've ever heard in my life. Oh my Mario, God. Mario said, we are not coming back. So we went out, we got game mm. three. And then as you know, you know, game four, it was a battle. It was a battle. So, mm. you know, Orlando was trying, you know, they, they played hard and, and they didn't give up. So and once, once dream hit that three and it was over, I mean, it was just, a, like I said, my instant thought was a lot of guys have played this game. And they didn't get the chance to experience this. And I do. So I appreciated the moment. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that. I love yeah, to hear absolutely. that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, and it's, and it's such a great thing, too. And God, I, and it was in 1995. And that was our, that was the Rockets' last championship. Please, I need, <laughs> I, I want to pour proverbial champagne on myself when the Rockets win. Come on. We're like almost 30 years, the 30 right. year anniversary. I'm going to tell you right now, we need to start campaigning this. When the 30 year anniversary comes, we got to get Chucky Brown to Houston. We got to, we got, 
We got to make this happen. I'm sorry. We got to make this happen. We got to. I will be there. I will be there. Clyde better be there. I got to get the whole team. Mario (laughs) actually works for AT and T Sportsnet, so he's actually working in conjunction Mm. with the Rockets as of right now. He actually did. Okay. Okay. Got to watch it. He actually did a little pregame action. So he's here. He's here doing his thing. Get Robert. Get the whole team. Get the whole squad together. I think Mm -hmm. I'm campaigning it now. I'm gonna speak it to existence. We'll talk to. Tillman okay. Fertitta will make it happen. So <laughs> last last question before I go home here. Chucky, the way that the today's NBA is played is entirely different from what it, what's been before, right? A lot of right. Ga- the game is heavily reliant on the three-point shot, a lot of guard play compared to how it was. Pass it to the big right. man and let, him, let it rock in the 90s. Right. Chucky Brown in his prime. Let's take let's take you. Chucky Brown, drop, drop him in today's NBA. Okay. How would you... In your opinion, how would you play? Would you adjust? Would you feel like you'd have to adjust your game to a degree? Would you think maybe that you would stretch? Because I, you could hit the jump shot, mm-hmm. but yeah, like yeah. you just, you know what I mean? Like you just wasn't asked for to hit the three because that wasn't right. the game at the time. But right. I think, in my personal belief, is and 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 maybe I'm gassing you up, but I think Chucky Brown would be would still be the same player he was, maybe right. even better, maybe even right. better in this era. That's just my right. opinion. But what do you think? What? Hey, you, you're not gassing me up at all because I feel the same way. I hey, feel yeah, like, come on. <laughs> so I feel like I love like it. I, I love would, it. I would have to. I wouldn't take all of the threes that they do now. I think yeah. I would take mine um, a little bit, a little bit less. But like as my career went on, I did extend my game to the three point line. Uh, by the end of my career, I was able to shoot the three. But like you said, it wasn't asked of us that much. Like like years ago, like today's game. You know, that quick pass up the sideline and they launch a three, that was a bad shot for us. You know what I'm saying? Mm, but yep. now mm-hmm. they try to get as many possessions in. I get it. They try to get as many possessions in as possible. So they try to shoot the ball as quick as possible where we were trying to get the shot clock down to about six. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we're going to get us a shot then. We come, we run a set. Like, we come down. If we didn't get a fast break right off the rip, then we're going to run a set. You know, and we tried to move the ball side to side. That's old mm. school basketball. Yep. And I get it now. You know, it's just a little different. <laughs> the only thing I don't like, like when, like, you hear some of these guys say, like, that we couldn't play with them. I mean, no, no. our game was a little different than theirs. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that a lot of those guys could play back then because we had to do sets and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think, like, it seems like the patience level is not, like, we were more patient. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like even even with my kids, I find my kids are like, we listen to a song, and the song played a minute and a half. I'm like, and they want to switch the song. Like, wait a minute, I'm used to listening to five minute songs. Like you listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire, they had seven minute songs, and we let it the go. whole thing. Let it you know go. What I'm saying? Listen to the whole thing. Now <laughs> it's a minute and a half in. They switch. I'm like, yo, the song ain't over yet. Oh yeah, but I was tired to listen to it. Like, oh okay. So I just think like the younger mm-hmm. generation is a little more impatient than mm-hmm. we were like you have you know like the microwave the microwave oven i'm used to putting my food in the oven and warm it up i don't even use a microwave today so i use a regular wow. oven it'll take me you know instead of doing it in two minutes it might take me 25 30 minutes i'm cool with that though but i'm i'm patient but that's just that's just how like today's basketball is the same way i think they're a little less patient than we were and i think that it's allowed, so it's made it a different game. But mm-hmm. you know, they just like they get more possessions than we did in the game. And I remember like yeah. playing for Chuck Daly. Like our goal when I played for Chuck Daly, our goal was to give up 
24 points a quarter. So I think that's what, what, like 96 or something like that? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We were trying to give up less than 100 a game. Now, if you see less than 100 points in the game, you're like, yo, was the game shortened? What happened? Did was there a delay? <laughs> you know, what did they, you know, what happened? So, you know, because you have regulation games now, they're scoring 135 points. So no, you're not the wrong. The game was just a yeah. little different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a little different. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I, yeah, I love definitely... to hear that. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But yeah, because I mean, you know, like I, I agree in terms of uh, – the, this generation, especially the players in the league, where there's a yeah. little bit of impatience. Um, I love oh, how you yeah. say that, like trying to bring in, uh, trying to expand, get more possessions. Um, yep. You do, you still see the occasional team play it a little bit slower in terms of sets. Right. But most right. of the league now is just kind of like we're just going to shoot because yep, I mean, do we do we blame the Warriors for that? Maybe a little bit, but yeah. you know, there are a lot yeah. of other guys. I mean. Phoenix started it with D'Antoni. I mean, that, that well, was yeah, just... Denver, Denver used to do version. it. Denver used to do it. Yes, in the Denver 80s. Yeah, yeah, because they Denver were, they were trying to blow you out because at the end yep. of the day, you can't keep up yep. with the elevation. So it's like, we're just right. going to... We're going to get you to the point of exhaustion and we're just yep. going to kill you that way. It's like yep. basically death by asphyxiation. Like, they're just going to basically <laughs> just take you wow. out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, and it's funny that you talk about patience. Uh, One more question in regards to that. Like, since you're a coach, like, mm-hmm. since you're a coach now, I mean, I'm sure how, – how do you tackle your offense with your team? Like, how do you tackle – like, like you're, you know what I mean? Like, do we do right. today's – do we do today's game? Do we mix it with a little bit yeah. of old school? How, how do we do it? Well, we mix it. We mix it a lot with old school because I, I don't. I don't let them uh, that one passing up. I like to share the ball, move the ball, ball movement, man move mm-hmm. because we do have a, a 30, uh, 30 second shot clock, so yep. that helps. So ball movement, man movement. We're not trying to. I you know I kind of my team is a defensive team, so we're trying to make other people play defense. You know, and and we're not we're not into the quick you know, the quick shooting, because you see the guys in the NBA do it. I mean, them guys in the NBA, some of them guys are sharpshooters. They can do that. You know what I'm saying? You're not there yet. So that's why I try to relay the message. <laughs> You're not there yet. When you get there, you can do that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's it's fun, though, to work with these kids, man. You know, but I, I do find that a lot of today's players are not used to getting in a set. You know what I'm saying? So I have to, you know, find ways to – you know, coach like today's coaches where they don't, don't necessarily do a set where it's come, it's a pass and a read, which I totally understand that. Um, but it's, you know, it's fun to just, just work with work with these kids, man. It's, it's fun. But they do try to emulate the guys in the NBA, and I do have to stop practice sometimes and say, hey, you're not there yet, so cut it out. <laughs> now stop shooting logo threes. You heard right. it here. Fir- you heard it here first. You heard it here first. And I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. Drop Chucky Brown in today's NBA. He's gonna wet threes. He gonna get stops on the defense. He gonna guard Joel Embiid. You heard it here first. I truly That's believe right. it. I truly believe it. I think Chucky Brown, you drop him in today's NBA, would be an absolute stud so yeah houston rockets could totally use you absolutely they definitely could we need some defensive (laughs) culture oh let's not get into this chucky i can't chucky this is gonna be another 30 minute conversation i can't my rockets team needs all the defense in the world right now we need chucky brown's defense on this goddamn team (laughs) let's not get let's not get too into chucky thank you so much for coming on our show once again just such a such a great experience just getting you on man it's all like it's always feel good when you come on like and and everyone loves it everyone loves the positivity that you bring to the show 
and uh, just as a guest and just as a person, I think just your personality just oozes out, which is just a great thing. So, you know, right. I personally would like to thank you. I'm sure my brother uh, thanks you as well to be able that you can come on here and, uh, you know, share your thoughts, share your stories. And, and that's, that's the great thing, man, is that you were, you were a former NBA player in the midst of one of the greatest, in my opinion, one of the greatest eras in NBA history, just in terms of the talent the grit, the grind of the nineties itself, yeah. which in my opinion is one of the best eras in basketball. So, and I will go to the grave with that. I don't care what anyone says, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Chucky, before we go home here, where can the people find you on social media? And like, uh, and do you have any plugs that you want to say in regards to maybe you're your, the t- team that you coach or, you know, where they can find social and anything of that nature? Uh, I believe my Twitter handle is 52 Chucky Brown 52. I believe that's my Twitter handle. Uh, I don't, I mean, I have an Instagram, but I don't really use it that much but it's like chucky brown 52 probably uh facebook chucky brown uh what else uh what is it uh what's the other one um tiktok tiktok so i do <laughs> so the tiktok is just like hey. uh, chucky brown zero or something like that and i just kind of have fun on the tiktok well i'm a hat collector so i have different hats on that i may show off but um but yeah those are those are all of my social media i think i'm all up but i don't i don't like Instagram, I don't really use it that much. Um, the fa- I'm on mostly Facebook and probably Twitter. I go on Twitter to recruit. Um, and also, hey, if you get a chance, check out the St. Augustine University Falcon. We're in the CIAA, um, HBCU. So you can check us out. You know, just, hey, look, look us up. Check us out if you get a chance. And, uh, hey, that's it, man. I'm going to try to get a uh, – I get to set up our schedule. So maybe I try to set up a game with a D2 down there in Texas. Oh, I did talk to my man Goldwire, who works with the University of Houston. Maybe we can set up a game with them and we can get some money because we need some money for the program. So there you go. go. You heard it. You heard it. Hey, you heard it. Pass down, beat us up, and send us home with the black eyes. We got a (laughs) nice size donation to take care of the program. Let's do it. I'm down. down. I love it. I love it. Come down to Houston. We will go to the Fertitta Center and cheer you on. Sorry, U of H. I just, I'm I'm not, I'm sorry. This is one of the few times, you know, I I did U of H, but this is one of the few times where I would ask, personally ask Chucky, Chucky, can I get your your college shirt? Can I get a St. Augustine shirt? Like, I would rock y'all. Hey, I'll get, tell tell what size you're wearing. Are you a large, extra large? I'm a large. Okay, large, okay. Both um, of I, I'm probably a large XL, but I might be an XL. I like okay. my fit to be a little I'll, bigger. Touche. Okay, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get some uh, Saint Augustine's gear, and, and you can send me your address on Twitter, and I'll send that to you. I got. Oh, there oh, we man, go. Me. I got man. you. I got oh, you. Man. We'll, 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 we got to work a trade. We'll I'm send gonna... you some shirts too. We'll send some no. shirts your way. Chuck, for yeah. sure. All I right. was gonna say a Christmas card, but okay, that works too. <laughs> I got you. I got <laughs> I got you. A Christmas card and a summit <laughs> summit gear as well. Right. So. Yo, Chucky, once again, wow, that was great. Okay, so we appreciate it. Thank you so much for, you know, just coming on our show and just kind of, you. you know, talk your stories out right here. But before we go home, GM, give the people what they need to hear. Let them know where they can find us as well. Man, uh, follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Barrett Bueno. Follow the podcast over on Twitter and TikTok at Summit, S-O-M-P-O-D. Follow us on Instagram where you can see Kenny's baller reels who just – they're just loved throughout Instagram for some reason. I don't know why. Kidding. At <laughs> Summit State of Mind <laughs> underscore POD. And follow the media company, our team at Apollo NBA and at Apollo HOU. And thank you again to the good friend of our podcast, Chucky e. Brown, former NBA champion. Everyone shoot him a follow on Twitter. Show him all the love. He deserves it. 
former champion, now a head coach. Uh, everyone show the man some love. And doing it for the uh, culture, obviously. Yeah, doing it yes, for the sir. culture. Yes, doing it for the people. So, yeah, and you can follow me as well at Summit Commission on Twitter. Uh, another round of thank yous going over to Chucky Brown. Be sure to also check out our shows and, and our shows and podcasts with the Apollo Podcast Network. Be sure to check out uh, – B- I have my lines. BTD. Be sure to check out Beyond the Diamond, our Astros podcast, as well as our Texans podcast, Off the Gridiron, where they continue to pump out great content as the unfortunate Texan season has been going along. But the Astros have been doing great, so be sure to give them a follow and give them a listen to as well. Chucky Brown, thank you so much for meeting us up again at the Summit. We got to make something happen again soon, and I can't wait to get those shirts. I'm super I'm super All stoked right. for that. <laughs> I got you. Thank got you, you, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so much. All right. The Summit for, 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 for. Bye.